Can the Mariners convince Chris Flexen to opt in so they can trade him? And if so, can they actually get something that helps their 2023 offense? We'll discuss that and wrap up our team awards with MVP and Game of the Year coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts. If you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description below. And on the show today, we'll be wrapping up our team awards with the Mariners 2022 MVP and game of the year. But first, we actually have a little bit of, well, not necessarily news. You know, we're in that awkward part of the offseason where the offseason actually hasn't officially begun. The World Series is still happening, but there's little bits and pieces of information mostly people trying to put two and two together and I think that's what's going on a little bit here with uh, Corey Brock of the Athletic who uh, in his mailbag the other day talked about Chris Flexen potentially opting in which would be a little bit of surprise of course his uh, club option converted to a player option because of uh, the innings uh, limit that he reached uh, and um, or innings threshold rather that he reached and uh, if he were to uh, to accept that, to to opt in, that would be worth $8 million for 2023, and he'd be under club control for 2023 and three more years after that. Uh, and so that creates a little bit of a valuable asset here. And because of that, Corey Brock thinks that the Mariners could actually trade Flexen for something useful. And then building upon that, there was an article yesterday from Nick Deeds of MLBTradeRumors.com uh, who said that, uh, who even mentioned that um, Ahmed Rosario could be uh, a possibility. Uh, Guardian shortstop Ahmed Rosario could be a possibility in a, a uh, Chris Flexen aid. Uh, and that there is some thought that the Mariners could actually get offensive help in 2023 in a deal that sends Flexen elsewhere and gives Flexen an opportunity to actually start somewhere uh, because that path, of course, is not particularly clear in Seattle. And, uh, Basically, the idea would be that the Mariners could sell Flexen on that idea in order to convince him to opt in that, hey, we will get you somewhere where you can start. Uh, so what do you think about that possibility, Colby? Do you actually think the Mariners could get Flexen, you know, first to get Flexen to opt in uh, with that premise? And then secondly, to actually get something that helps them in 2023 in a deal that sends Flexen elsewhere? Hard to say. Um, if you're flexing, I mean, do you want to be traded or do you just want to pick which team you go to? I mean, that's that seems to be what I would want. But um, maybe he's convinced that he's not going to get $8 million. Uh, so if he opts in, then he at least gets the $8 million and maybe two teams are paying him that $8 million instead of just the Mariners are paying all eight. Maybe the Mariners are paying four and Tampa's playing pain for or whatever, but either way, Chris gets eight. So maybe that's his thinking. Maybe that's why it's a possibility for flexing. Um, but if not, then I, I would think Chris would just want to pick where he pitched next year. So we'll see. I think he's got four or five days after the uh, world series ends to make that decision. So we'll know uh, here in the next couple of weeks, um, the idea that you could trade flexing and other pieces uh, for a legitimate bat, 
that could help you uh, in one of your newly created uh, holes in the lineup. Uh, seems almost too good to be true. Uh, no offense to Chris Flexen, but he's just he's a number five. He's a pretty good number five, but he's a five. Uh, sometimes he looks like a pr- pretty good four, but for the most part, you know, he's just kind of a dude, and and he didn't really take any steps forward after a really good first year. Um, he was pretty solid still this year. I mean, he's he's a good pitcher. It's not like he's doesn't have any value. It's just I thought that if you were going to be able to trade Chris Flexen, you'd be getting Jake Shiner type of prospect, or or maybe a maybe a a bullpen a bullpen arm, or maybe a like the Chris Flexen of of bats, which is certainly not a mod Rosario. So um, yeah, it's it's just kind of a, an odd uh, idea that I don't think we ever really considered. Uh, but it, it would fall into the category of unique um, and outside the box, and that's that's something that Jerry and uh, this front office are really known for. So uh, it, it's definitely something that's piqued my interest. Now I I still I still don't see it. It just seems so unlikely. Uh, but you know, Brock did mention that the team's calling on Chris Flexen at the deadline. They were contenders. Like they they so there are good playoff teams out there that think Chris Flexen can help them, and so. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense, and because Flexen in this in this scenario would have four years of control if he opts in, uh, it it certainly is. It's not like it's a rental, right? So if you can flip him to a team for maybe a rental, that coming back, I think that is just like that's about as good as you can hope for on the Chris Flexen market. So it'll be interesting to see if he opts in. It just it's still to me though, it still feels a little like. Hmm. Are, are those teams interested or was that just because there's limited options at the deadline? Well, and there's going to be limited options this year as well in uh, in free agency and on the trade market. That's not to say that there are no options, but it's, you know, that market is going to be depleted pretty quick. Uh, not every team is going to be able to get the pitching that it wants. So that's kind of working in the Mariners' favor here. The other thing working in the Mariners' favor on top of you know the fact that he would have four years of club control, that's going to be appealing to any team because controllable starting pitching of any kind, especially with a pitcher that has had some success, is valuable. Uh, Flexen has proven to stay healthy over the first, you know, first couple of years since coming back to the major leagues, and he's been an innings eater. He pitched you know 180 innings last year. Um, and then uh, through 137 and two-thirds this year before being replaced in the rotation. Uh, and that wasn't necessarily of his fault. It was just the Mariners needed to get better. Um, and so, you know, he he's a guy that will post, you know, uh, an ERA somewhere in the, the low threes to the high fours, uh, or high threes to the low fours, rather. And, um, you know, not walk a ton of guys. He's obviously not going, you know, he doesn't have strikeout stuff, but... He's one year removed from being a three-win pitcher uh, by F4 standards. That's going to hold some value. I don't think that's going to be a ton of value to just do a one-for-one swap for a a bat that you can put in your starting lineup on most nights. But I think that's going to help you cut the cost quite a bit on someone like an embedded Rosario. Or the other idea that I had, and we don't have a ton of time to get into this, but the other idea that I had, and I think one of the teams that that was calling the Mariners about flexing was the Toronto Blue Jays. I like Teoscar Hernandez in this situation. Teoscar Hernandez has just one year left of club control. He's a rental bat. Obviously, he's a great bat that the fans of Toronto love and has been a big part of that dominant offense for Toronto, but they have to get better with the pitching. They have to get better with the pitching. Ross Stripling's about to become a free agent. He might get the qualifying offer, but I don't think he's going to take that. Um, 
So they're going to need to add starting pitching. And while Chris Flexen isn't a sexy name, I think Toronto would have interest in that. And especially for a starting pitcher, a number four, number five with four years of club control for a corner outfielder who hits for a ton of power, but it only has one year left of club control. I think that makes some sense if you can add another piece onto that if you're the Mariners, whether that's maybe a bullpen arm like a Diego Castillo or, uh, you know, I don't think it would just be Diego Castillo in that situation, but maybe, you know, you add on a, a prospect somewhere in your, you know, 10 to 15 range or something like that. I think there is a path there where a deal in which Chris Flexen goes to Toronto and Teoscar Hernandez heads back to Seattle can be worked out between these two teams. Uh, so that's another name that I would keep an eye on. But I think, you know, Guardians are, are definitely a name to keep an eye on because they all they always are looking for a bargain uh, when it comes to starting pitching. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Toronto, because the, the need is just so great there. Is there anyone else yeah. that maybe comes to mind for you? Yeah. Um, so uh, the piece also mentions maybe G-Man Choi as kind of a, a Carlos Santana replacement. I don't know if the Mariners are looking for an exact Carlos Santana replacement. I, I don't think that's a, a a mold that they're they're looking at. It that was more about, you know, Ty Francis hurt. We need a first baseman and we need some DH help. So I think that was more about need than necessarily fit. So I don't think that's a role going forward. But Choi's really good against right-handed pitching and pretty good defender at first base, and he's a fun player. So yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I was thinking, you know, depending on how, and obviously all these are depending on how the teams want to. Uh, build for next year. A couple guys that came to mind, uh, Hunter Renfro um, from Milwaukee. Uh, you know, they were a contender last year, so I don't know, maybe they seem like a, a team that would be interested in, in a Chris Flexen type. Um, Renfro, and then I don't, probably, this is another guy who'd probably require a, a okay prospect to be tacked on, but maybe somebody like Max Kepler of the Twins. Uh, um, so, I, you know, the Twins need pitching help that they need more than flexing, but maybe it's, it's something like flexing and Cade Marlowe or Zach Deloach or, you know, just a solid prospect, but nothing amazing uh, for Max Kepler. So maybe those are two guys that kind of came to mind. Um, and both would obviously, I mean, basically step right in and, and fill the right field void uh, for the Seattle Mariners. All right. So, We are going to wrap up our team awards for the 2022 Mariners in just a moment with uh, Game of the Year and MVP. But first, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting on football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So let's wrap up these team awards, Colby, as we continue to say goodbye to the 2022 Seattle Mariners. Uh, I'll let you pick here because I, I there's one of these awards I think is going to be quick. The other one I, I think is going to be a little bit more interesting. Which one do you want to start with? MVP, game of the year. Um, Let's do MVP. All right. So I think everyone knows who the MVP of the 2022 Seattle Mariners was. It was Luis Serenz, of course, and Justin Upton as co-MVP. 
No. Mm. It was uh, one Julio Rodriguez who, I mean, took the baseball world by mm. storm, Colby. Uh, was it though? All right, you you got another name you want to throw in, into the ring here? <laughs> Cal Raleigh. No. Oh. Um. Honestly, I I look, it's the wrong answer. Maybe, but I could I could understand mm. it. I could I could understand it a little bit. I think he's probably second place or third place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally fair. So uh, the correct answer is actually Jerry Depoto. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Here come the bootlicker uh, comments. <laughs> uh-huh. Whatever. I'm just saying. I think Jerry's the MVP, MVP was actually John Stanton. <laughs> and that'll do it for today's show. Thank you Thank so you, much sir. for listening. I am looking for a new co-host as of now. So there you uh, go. Um, no, the MVP, it's, it's Julio. Yeah. Uh, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. He was your best player for basically from May uh, May 1st until the end of the year. Uh, you just basically toss out the entire month of April and he was Mookie Betts. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Julio would be the most valuable player on like 20 teams in the league. Like that, that's just the type of player he is right now. Um, I'm not even exaggerating. Basically from May 1st until the end of the year, Julio Rodriguez had the same WRC plus and almost an identical slash line to Mookie Betts. Like <laughs> mm. the guy is insane. He also plays, you know, a pretty good center field. Uh, he's stealing tons of, a ton of bags, and and honestly, his numbers were hampered because of the lingering injuries, both to the back and the wrist. Um, if he doesn't hurt his back and wrist uh, in the second half of the year, he's easily getting 30-30. Uh, there's yep. really no question about it. He almost got it anyways, but they really slowed down uh, the stolen base attempts after he injured the wrist uh, prior, just before the, the uh, all-star break, and then the back kind of sapped him of any, uh, well, they just they were being extra cautious. It, it, he could still run and he was still running fine, but it's just being a little careful, which is understandable. And yep. why I don't think Julio's ever going to be like a forty steal guy, even though he could be. I just feel like the team's going to be like, eh, let's let's not mm-hmm. risk that. Kind of like Mike Trout, yep. how he used to steal a ton of bases, and now he's just like he can, but no. So we'll see. But yeah, Julio was your best base runner. He was your best hitter. He was probably your second best defender third best defender um he's just you know everything about this team uh he's he's the energy guy he's kind of the de facto captain at 21 years old um it's just everything about julio is is a franchise building type of player and he's already an icon he's played one year in seattle and i guarantee you there are people out there who will put julio as one of the 10 best mariners of all time like Mm -hmm. after one season and that's all projection. Yeah. Although the one season was very good. But yeah, I mean, you could probably make that argument. I mean, like, like if Julio has five more years like he just had, like, who are we kicking off a of Mount Rushmore to put Julio on? Right. You know what I mean? So does he even uh, need yeah. five Julio's, more years of this? Honestly, like I mean, because of the personality and, and like the fact that he stayed and all that stuff, like Screw it. He's already on it. We're kicking Griffey off. There you go. Julio is replacing Griffey. And um, we just lost we're not, 400 subscribers. <laughs> well, we are not. Re- we are not. Repl- fine. Then I get to keep all these cards. Mm, um, that's, true. that's true. But we're not replacing Dave Niehaus and we're not replacing Edgar. So mm. you tell me who to kick off for Julio then. It's either Griffey, Randy, Ichiro, whoever you want to put on it now. So yeah, you go ahead and pick kick somebody off, but it's not going to be. I will not allow it to be Dave or Edgar. So mm. figure it out. 
Um, yeah, Julio's the most valuable player. Yeah, 284, 345, 509, triple slash line, 146 WRC+. plus. He was worth 5.4 F4. And that's with the uh, the defensive war being 0.1 from Fangraph. So, like, they didn't really care at all about his defense, which eh, kind of a mistake in hmm. my opinion. But what ha- whatever. Uh, 28 home runs, as you mentioned. He almost got to the 30-30 mark. Uh, 25 steals. Uh, struck out, you know, 26% of the time. Uh, we'll get into that more on our player review of Julio, which is going to be coming out tomorrow. Uh, we're actually going to be recording it right after we're done recording this. Uh, a 7.1% walk rate, uh, seven outs above average in center field. I think that was the most impressive thing for me this year, outside of obviously the fact that he was a superstar right out of the gate, which we talked about is like a rarity. <laughs> you know, it's the exception to the rule uh, when it comes to top prospects. But uh, the defense was really the most surprising thing uh, when it came to Julio. It was the the fact that he was not just serviceable, but actually like above average out there for the most part. Um, and we talked about that a little bit yesterday with his defense as well. Um, the fact that he's actually a, a, a long-term option in center field right now is, I mean, that's that's something. That's definitely not something that we really uh, expected. You can do better than him, of course, uh, but there aren't many center fielders that are better than Julio that also provide the offense that he does out of a premium position. He's just a ridiculous player. He's going to be a superstar in, in, in Major League Baseball for a very long time, and the Mariners have him for basically his entire career. Um, yeah. Yeah. When uh, MLB Network every offseason, they do the prime nine or whatever. They rank the the best players at each position. Julio's going to be top three in yep. center field. Yep. I mean, right now he's probably the second best behind Trout. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's what we're talking about with a 21 year old, yeah. just a freak, yeah. absolute freak. Uh, so on top of the uh, uh, the numbers that I listed, he had 25 doubles this year, three triples. Uh, he uh, drove in 75 runs. Uh, he walked 40 times, struck out 145 times, um, and he was only caught stealing uh, seven times. So he was 25 of 32 on the year. Uh, on the base pass and I think a couple of those came after the injury when he was uh, yeah uh, dealing with the um, back stuff and all that and the wrist stuff and maybe a little more hesitant um, on those uh, on those plays Uh, but overall an amazing year for Julio Rodriguez and it's just the beginning and again we'll be getting into that on our player review uh, when we record that later today and drop that tomorrow morning Uh, so let's move on to game of the year now we did best moment which is a little bit different um yours you know of course was the uh the drought ender mine was the comeback in toronto two games that you and i were were both at um and so uh you know for me it was really the uh you know after the game uh the uh, celebration uh with all the mariners fans coming down to the field uh in toronto and celebrating with the players celebrating with scott celebrating with jerry etc for you the just i mean obviously <laughs> it, we don't even need to get into it just the the moment of the drought finally coming to an end uh, and being able to see that in person. I'm sure that was an incredible moment for you, but let's talk about just the quality of the game. Um, what was the best game the Mariners played in this year? The drought ender. <laughs> okay. Um, totally, totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was just, I mean, it's, one of the five most important games in franchise history. 
and it happened right in front of us. Like that's just really hard to beat. Um, as you know, kind of a alternative here. I, I still think you got to give a lot of love to the, uh, to the Braves game. Um, and honestly you could pick either of the wins. They were both pretty good games, but, uh, the, the comeback after the choke job, like, like it just, you know, you're up five or whatever. You just, yeah, you took a series from the, the world champ Atlanta Braves. You're feeling good. The Mariners are back. They were, they were a little bit of a slide at that point, but the Mariners, yeah, we're back. We just took two or three from the Braves. Whoops. <laughs> Diego Castillo uh, comes in. Everybody kind of holds their breath. Like, I don't, can't, can't get it done. Paul Seawald comes in to, all right, well, they close the door. Fine. Whatever. Seawald will get it done. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and they go from up five to down one heading into the bottom of the ninth. And then of course, of course, Julio off of Kenley Jansen laser beam home run to tie it. And then just a high towering blast from a Eugenio Suarez with two outs to win it, uh, to go from, you know, just the, the roller coaster of emotion, uh, in that game. Um, it's, it's hard to top. So I, I think, you know, there's like seven or eight really good games you could pick this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two stand out to me. Um, also, obviously, the comeback in Toronto uh, is, is a pretty big one. So, yeah, I, I, I still go with the drought ender, but I think the the win against the Braves is, is a pretty darn good uh, game as well. Yeah, uh, I was going to give uh, my nod to, to the Braves game, but I remembered another game that happened uh, back in August uh, that was pretty great. Uh, it was considered by a lot of folks, including Jeff Passan of ESPN, to be an instant classic. Uh, it was Luis Castillo's T-Mobile uh, Park debut against the Yankees, uh, in which the Mariners won one to nothing in 13 innings with Luis Torrens hitting a pinch hit walk-off single off of Jonathan Loisiga. Uh, this pitching matchup was insane. It was Garrett Cole versus Luis Castillo, who both faced, faced each other in their very last start um, in New York. And, of course, that went horribly for Cole. Went pretty well for uh, for Castillo. But both of these guys were at the top of their games. And this showed you exactly why you trade for Luis Castillo and that you actually had a guy that could go toe-to-toe with any pitcher in Major League Baseball. Castillo goes eight scoreless innings, seven strikeouts. Uh, Him and Cole combined for 15 strikeouts in this game. They hardly allowed any base runners in this game. If you remember, the extra innings were nuts. (laughs) The Mariners' offense didn't necessarily want to win the game. (laughs) The Yankees' offense... Also didn't really want to win the game. So many base running blunders by the Yankees. Uh, Some great defensive plays by the Mariners as well. It was an incredibly entertaining game. I totally agree with with folks like Passon that this was an instant classic. I know it's not really the game that, that comes to mind for a lot of Mariners fans when we talk about the game of the year for 2022. But I think this was a statement game for the Mariners in the end that, you know, this was different. This was a different team that it didn't matter who they were going up against, whether it was the Yankees, the Astros, whoever, they were they were going to be able to give any team in this league a tough time. And uh, and then to show that they were actually able to come out on the right side of it as well and uh, win in one of those crazy, uh, chaotic games. Uh, it it mm-hmm. just kind of uh, exemplified everything that this Mariners ball club was in 2022. This was chaos ball to the max. This was everything that that chaos ball kind of uh, um, 
is right so uh mm. yeah uh great game i think i think shortly after that game uh we did our episode entitled are the mariners the second best team in the american league mm-hmm. and a lot of people were like no you're crazy blah 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 so i'll just ask you again what two and a half months later did we nail that yeah because i feel like we did well did you just watch <laughs> the yankees play the astros after the yeah. Mariners just played the Astros, and of course, no, I didn't watch them, but yeah, yeah. I know. And of, all and of course, it. neither of those teams got wins off the Astros. The Astros are really, really good at baseball. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's make that clear. The Astros are really, really good at baseball. Um, but the Mariners played a more competitive series against the Astros than the Yankees did. Yeah. And Lance McCullers, Astros right-handed starter, even said as much that no one was beating the Mariners. If the Mariners got past the Astros, no one was beating the Mariners. I legitimately wholeheartedly believe the Mariners were at the end of the day, the second best team in the American league. It just so happened that they were playing in the same league in the same division as an absolute juggernaut, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So undisputed number one, best team in the American league. Yeah. Um, And it would have been interesting to see how maybe, you know, uh, how differently the, uh, a four game series would have gone between those two teams, between the Astros and the Mariners. Um, Maybe not so differently. Who knows? Uh, but there isn't a Probably doubt. Not. But there isn't a doubt in my mind that if the Mariners beat the Astros, we're on this show today oh, talking we... about the Mariners in the World Series playing the Phillies. <laughs> we're talking about game one. Who are you starting game one? Yeah, Luis Castillo. Yeah, but <laughs> like obviously, there's like five whole days between the last game and this one. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's you know, it feels a lot kind of like uh, the 2012. Uh, Seahawks where they got on a real heater at the end and they had a young Russell Wilson, young Bobby Watt, just these, all these young players, such a 12 (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of veterans and all that stuff. And they went in and they were just like the hottest team in the NFC at the end of the year. And had they gotten past Atlanta, uh, who was the number one seed, I believe um, at the time uh, they would have won the Super Bowl that year. Mm Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't. They had it. They had the lead late. They played really well. They played a but, you know, and they blew it at the end. And the Mariners didn't really blow it per se, but eh, you know, they had three winnable games and they didn't win any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was kind of the announcement that you know we're here, we're scary good, and we're not going anywhere for a while. And then of course they win the Super Bowl the next year, and the Mariners are going to do the same. Yes, the Mariners in the Super Bowl. Who would have thunk it? Also, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> against the Colorado Rockies, Sorry. of course. Four three to eight. Mariners in the big game. The big game. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yes. right. We don't want to get demonetized here on uh, on YouTube. No, the big game. It. The big game. The big game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, and also, you know, it lines up perfectly, right? 2012, 2022, 2013 Super Bowl, 2023 mm. World Series. Let's sell, baby. And let's not forget, not uh, Nostradamus on Twitter has predicted the last three World Series champions could make it four in a row if the Phillies win, and he predicted the Mariners to win the World Series in 2023. So, true. Yeah, and in 2025. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know what happens in 2024. Maybe some injuries, but you know, Mariners dynasty about ready to start. Mm-hmm. 
or for our game of our Game of Thrones fans, Mariners Dynasty. Dynasty, yes, of about course. ready to start. Yeah, in yes, twenty twenty four, he had the Padres winning. Maybe the uh, maybe the Mariners do make it to the World Series. They lose to the Padres. We're taking the Vetter Cup to the next level, to the highest level, right? Because that is the greatest, as we all know, that is the greatest rivalry in all of sports. When you think about rivalries in baseball, not the Red Sox and Yankees, none of that. Not the Cubs and Cardinals, not the Giants and Dodgers. No, the Mariners and the Padres, the greatest rivalry. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. That's going to do it for our show. <laughs> you know what makes that the best rivalry, though? You know what makes that better than Giants, uh, Dodgers? The I've never heard a report of somebody needing to go to the hospital yeah, yeah. for wearing the opposing team's jersey. I, I was going to say like that that no one's gotten stabbed during that series. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the greatest or, part like, of that rivalry. For beat sure. half to death. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> seriously, the Dodgers shouldn't be allowed to have fans in their stands for like a year. Yeah. Jeez. That's how you stop that. Anyways. That's going to do it for our show. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidding Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S-T-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Oh, yeah, Colby, remind the folks what our next goal is on our giveaway real quick before we hop off. Got a uh, Taylor Uh, Chanel autograph card, right? Yes. Yep, if we get to 4,500 YouTube subs by uh, December 8th, uh, we'll give away this uh, autographed Taylor Trammell card. Um, it is numbered. It is 83 out of 99. Uh, it's, it's a really cool card. So, yep, somebody's already going to win the Taylor dollar. Next up is Taylor Trammell. We got to get to 4,500 here in the next uh, six weeks. Yep. And we're at about 40... 4,080, I think. So Mm -hmm. getting there. Perfect. Well, help us out, folks. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell all everyone you know to uh, come and uh, subscribe to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.